Do you know what it will entice you to clean? If your house smells like a beach afterward and it doesn't smell like, you know, cleaning products. Well, enter Clorox. They can transform your space into a tropical getaway by upgrading your cleaning routine with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut. It cleans like Clorox and it feels like inspiration. With a refreshing scent that will leave your home clean and fresh, elevating any room into an oasis. Now you can express your style and get shiny clean, get Clorox Sentiva at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but so, look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, Talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Yeah, absolutely no one. I know this. Get this, Nair, yes, Nair, the OG, has leveled up. They've got these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell absolutely amazing. I know this is not the smell that you're thinking of from the 90s when your mom first pulled this out for you. These smells will light up your bathroom, honestly. They'll make your shower experience better. It smells like a spa, actually. Oh, yeah, and how do you know this? Well, I just, I mean, Nair's in the household, so anytime Nair's used, it smells like a spa. You probably don't even know what it does. It takes hair away. <laughs> it works in as little as three minutes. You don't have to bother with nicks, cuts, shaves, and the smooth lasts so much longer than shaving. You're also not going to have to deal with any of those shave bumps or anything like that because the bumps are just as annoying as the nicks, right? Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all the nasty chemicals like phthalates and sulfates. You can feel good about what you're putting on your skin and you can have a little bit of a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. 
Smell for yourself. And as Ben, Ben smelled for himself and he likes it. It's been approved. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Ben and Ashley I, Almost Famous, In-Depth. We got an in-depth episode with Colton Underwood. It's been a while since he's been on the Almost Famous podcast. We're pumped to have him here. Colton, welcome. Well, it's nice to be here. Hello, Ashley. Hello, Ben. Hello. Hello. I mean, wow. Could more things have happened in your life since you were here? I don't know. I guess it was like two something years ago. Uh, No. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Some highs and some lows for sure. And uh, yeah, COVID changed a lot. I had a time hop on my Instagram come up the other day, and it was a picture of you, me, Jared, Ari, Lauren, and you and Cassie from, yeah, from that movie premiere. And I was like looking at this picture, and it's like some big life event happened with pretty much everyone. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, I think that was like right before. The world sort of shut down too. Oh, it we're was sort of, legit like two I think days. We're, we're we all, all flew home. Jokes. Yeah, yeah. 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 We we're like, okay, uh, let's get somewhere where we're okay with staying for the next two months. Yeah. Now, uh, walk us through it, uh, Colton. I mean, we obviously just mentioned a, a ton's gone on in your life, uh, including um, professionally, personally, emotionally. Um, how has these last, I mean, I'm, I'm, it, we say two years, it's probably more like what a year and nine months. How have they been for you? Um, I mean, Rocky it's, I mean, there's no way to like sugarcoat it. I mean, it hasn't been the easiest, uh, process and, uh, I'm really happy, really good now, but it took a lot of work to get there. And I, I mean, look, it just was like, uh, it was covered pretty much in the documentary as far as like how things went right after the breakup and COVID and all of that. But at the end of it, I mean, look, I could have handled a lot of things better and changed a lot of, you know, and saved a lot of people a lot of time. But um, at the end of the day, like, you know, my path to coming out, my path to finding happiness was definitely one that was pretty rocky. Now. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, but, to finish that up then what have you learned maybe can we we close that thought with like where you sit today looking back on it like what what's changed within you and what new like uh things have you started to focus on in your life uh, i think i found inner peace i mean and it's and it's not something that like is i find and you get to keep all the time like I, it's a work in progress it's something that i'm still trying to find what's going to keep that peace inside of me and how i'm going to try to remain you know, true to who I am in all times and all aspects of my life. I think there's a lot of me, a, a lot of me that was overcompensating a lot of different aspects of my life. A lot of me that was trying to be somebody who I wasn't. So now that I uh, have found that I want to keep on that path and I want to keep, you know, holding myself accountable and surrounding myself by good people and really just cutting out things in life that don't, that aren't good for me, aren't healthy for me. Um, so you talk about, well, we could talk about the documentary, 
a little bit later. But in the documentary, you do talk about what we'll just call Coming Out Colton on Netflix. Cassie's brought it up a number of times. Of course, it was a huge part of your life and a lot of yep. the stuff that you went through. She, we haven't heard from until perhaps tomorrow night. She might be on the Bachelor finale. How do you, do you feel like she's going to speak? Do you, how do you foresee a conversation with her and maybe Jesse Palmer going? Oh, I have, I have no clue. Um, I did, I did know that she was going on. Uh, one of the producers texted me just to give me a heads up. Um, which I mean, obviously they don't even owe me that at this point, but, uh, I, I did appreciate that, but I don't, I mean, I have no clue. I, in whatever she needs to say, like I've always, from the very beginning, you know, whatever she has to say or vent or do, like I'm, you know, I obviously have no control over that. So it's, you know, whatever she feels like she needs to do. It is weird. Um, well, first off, it, they didn't owe you that. I haven't had a producer text me. I bet in three years. I mean, I, I don't. Really? I don't think so. They don't give me any heads up anymore. And then I just saw a preview of my proposal during uh, the Bachelor. I was like, "Come on, guys! I'm married. Like, can we stop ABC?" But I know they have. How, how does that make you feel, though? Because that's that's something you know. And I got caught in the media. And I mean, obviously, I, I don't want to like um, avoid the elephant in the room. I mean, the the title of me, of you calling me out for lying. Like, you know, I think the bachelor franchise for me became just so toxic and such a business that I didn't want to be involved in with how they handle things like that. So I stepped away and, um, I, I just, I don't know. I like, how do you rec- you know, reconcile that with yourself internally when they continue to do things that don't sit well with you or don't give you a heads up? Hmm. Well, yeah, I'd love to talk about, um, I think there's two things there. I'd love to talk about, um, saying that nobody in bachelor nation supported you, um, because that hurt, pretty good um from a lot of people like from a couple people that i knew just like we like colton uh i don't don't know why he's saying this about us like this was you know i I fully support what he's doing i don't love the path that it took and i can't even comment on that but i just don't love that he came out and said that so that's one thing we'll talk about in a second personally um i think it's it's more hard for jessica than it is for me for me, it is a memory. Uh, it is a lot of times a blur in my life. It obviously was a very real relationship and a very real time for me that um, almost, you know, that I've worked hard on moving on from. Like there wasn't like this immediate like, okay, it's over now. I, I can get past it. It's like, no, that's, you know, that relationship affected me in a lot of different ways, good and bad. Um, and uh, and so I've worked personally on getting away from that to then invest fully into my wife. <laughs> like that's, that's like, that's a big deal. Um, that's hard enough, you know, is to, to, to be married and to, you know, give up a lot of yourself for your partner. But, um, I also, I think at this point have understood that, uh, I agreed to the show, you know, fully agreed to it, said, I am, I'm on this show. I'm going to now be the lead of this show and whatever happens you, I, I fully understand that you own the the rights to everything that happens on this season for perpetuity. And so however you use that, I cannot be upset because I agreed to that. Uh, I, I don't have to like it. I don't have to enjoy it. And I hope they respect, you know, I hope they care about me enough at this point where they're like, I don't want to show something that like ruins his marriage or like, re, you know, not maybe, I don't know if they have that power, but they I, they don't show something that like, causes you know drama within my marriage um i hope they respect me enough for that i don't know 
uh, you know, that's yet to be seen. Uh, but it still isn't fun and it still is not ideal. And it still like makes me cringe. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. Like, I don't want to watch myself with another human. Like that's not where my mind's at. So, but I understand, yeah. I understand what I did. I understand that I, I gave it up. And uh, as much as I've moved on and, and I don't have that much of a connection anymore with them, I understand that they still have that piece of me and shoot. They want to show a couple more clips of me. Maybe that helps my social media following. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you guys are doing something, right? You, they gave you Clayton. They, getting access to their lead isn't the easiest thing. No. So you guys must not be in the in the dog in the dog hole anymore. No. Um, okay. So then the second part of that um, is uh, obviously if you hear some background noise, my my I do have a puppy in the house and stuff gets knocked over and, and stuff gets growled out. So just <laughs> I apologize for that. Um, you know the headlines came out. Uh, yeah. what, what caught, and I'll, I'll tell you my side of what happened, um, so that you have some context, because I think those headlines oftentimes get skewed and they're good clickbait, but I did say what I said. I said, this isn't true. Like I, you know, I know people that reached out to Colton. I reached out to Colton. Um, I had messages from people that I could show you right now saying, uh, you claim to be inclusive. You, t- you claim to be welcoming. Yet Colton has just came out and said, nobody from bachelor nation supported him. And Ben, you were a lead on the, on a season. You were on Colton season. You live in Denver. How can you not support him? And I say, that's not fair. To, that's not fair. And so I, that's where I was coming from was I felt like that statement was disregarding a couple of your friends within, you know, maybe not close friends anymore, but friends who said, Hey, I just want to see Colton happy or I want to see Colton with that inner peace. Like I, I I can't be mad at this decision he's made in his life to come out. Like that's, I want to, I want to be at least for him to know that somebody from this world says, Hey, that's not like, we're not mad at you for that. And so I guess that's where I was coming from. And it would be great to, to hear what, you know, your side of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, first, like the fact that you even got those messages, I'll say sorry, because you know, after coming out, you did reach out to me. I think where you were starting at the beginning is, you know, headlines have to, you know, get clicks and move things. And the headline that came out, I was more so, and I I just, I actually just watched the interview back just to make sure that I wasn't, you know, going to come on here and not have the facts, but it was more so saying like, when I was going through my mental spiral and my downfall, like when the news first broke of what was going on between me and my ex, the only person who did reach out was Chris. I had no support from the network. I had no support from the production company. I had no support for my own mental health. And I was really in a dark place. And I'd share that with with people in production, how bad it was for me. And I think that's more where I was speaking from at that moment in that interview, when they were asking me, do I still watch a show? And I said, I don't, you know, I don't have a good relationship. It's not for me. I actually, the only person I truly keep in touch with. And by the way, keeping in touch for me is a text once, twice a month. To, to Chris checking in or congratulating him on a, a milestone or a, a victory. I, I don't, and maybe it was in a different interview where I said that. And if I did, I, I am sorry for if they did ask me if anybody since coming out had reached out. Um, but that was more so where I was speaking from as far as when I was going through the mental health side of things, I didn't really. And look, the thing is like, I didn't expect that from either of you because, you know, while we have a lot of respect for each other. We're not the closest of friends and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, people come in and out of your life. So I think that's sort of, sort of more so where I was coming from. And I didn't definitely didn't mean to, but when all of a sudden that got thrown back on me, I had you, I had Nick Vile, which like reading messages out on 
his thing, whatever he's got to do for his, you know, his socials and engagement and stuff. And then Tasha, it just was like a bombardment of misunder like misunderstandings at the time. And they s- sort of took things how they wanted to. But I mean, truly to you, I'm sorry for that. But I did just, I mean, I was making sure that I didn't misspeak in that and say like, hey, since coming out, nobody's reached out to me because that definitely wouldn't have been true. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and I, and I you know, at this point, it, it is a, if you were hurt by during that time, or if you felt isolated and alone, I mean, you didn't make it easy on yourself. You changed your number and you shut down your social media accounts. And so I, I mean, yep. I kept in touch with you from a distance and I'm sure your friends, right. the, your close friends who do, did have your new number um, and did have access to you probably told you that it was not, not often that I would just ask him, how is he doing? Like, is he good? Is he okay? I do. I actually, I do remember that Eric said, he said, Hey, I was just with Ben the other night and he, he wanted to check in on you. So I do, I do actually remember that. So I can, I can say that. So, and, and you've Ben, you've always been a great a human being and same with you, Ashley. Like, I mean, I, I obviously wouldn't be sitting here if I didn't have respect for how you guys have gone through this franchise, because it's not an easy thing to go through. You both have handled it with grace and humility the entire time, no matter how you're being portrayed or what's going on in the media. So, I mean, I, I at least owe that to you to say, like, I am sorry for how things happened in the, in the press and in the media. And also, you know, I, I didn't make it easy and I don't. And that was something I'm still continuing to work on is I shut off and I shut down pretty quick when when things aren't good. Yeah. Well, it's water on the bridge. I'm glad we could talk about it um, because once you talk about it, then there's no reason to, to, to hold it in or to keep perpetuating the thing that happened. I just I wanted to make sure that when you came on that we we you knew that you weren't on an island alone, um, that you, you know, that no matter how hard or no matter how many decisions that weren't great and were, were you know, talked about were happening maybe in your life that like your mental health and your stability and your ability to process and work towards things was not something that we neglected or said, Hey, Hey, good for Colton. Screw you go run, you know, run off on your own and, and, you know, fall off a bridge. Like that's not what all we were saying. In fact, like, you know, I was hoping you heard and knew that like we worked towards reaching out to you. Um, and that's why it hurt. Cause it was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know why this is being said. Um, that's not fair to anybody that tried to reach out because it makes people feel look like they didn't care. And I, and that couldn't have been farther from the truth. And so that book is closed. Um, and now we can move which, on. Which, by the way, yeah. which, by the way, I have the gift you gave me right here. Well, thank you. Oh, wait so. a second. So I actually was thinking about asking you this question. Colton is holding up a book about called Unclobbered. It, explain a yes. little bit about what it's about. It's about um, after coming out. One of the the things that Ben and I discussed was how I want to remain a Christian, and obviously, after coming out, I had the internal battle of the homosexuality Christian bout and sort of battle that goes on. And Ben sent me the book um, by Colby Martin called on clobbered to help with my path and my road um, in, you know, remaining a Christian and, um, you know, wrestling the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm gay. So um, it's been, you know, a great resource. I'm not, I will disclose, I'm not finished with it. I come in and read chunks of it, very similar to how I treat my, my Bible study and my marks there. Uh, read a chapter here, a paragraph there. Um, but it's a journey that I'm still on. Yeah. Just, uh, 
Yeah. I mean, I guess that, you know, the, the hope is that you, you, no matter what, you just don't feel alone in this. Um, that's not fun. Yep. That's not ideal. And that's not good for anybody in this world. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about something we all can relate to, hair removal. Yeah, not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Nicks, cuts, razor burns, ugh. But guess what? Nair, the OG, has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. For real, Nair's new scents turned my bathroom into a spa. You guys, I remember when my mom gave me like the first bottle of Nair to use on my upper lip and I was like, this is so awful, but I 
I do like need to do it. <laughs> um, but the smell so close to my nose for so long. Oh, no. Ugh, the worst part of like the every other week or whatever I would do it. Now it smells incredible. Like there's Moroccan argon oil and orange blossom shower cream that you can use. It's like a pampering experience. You put it on your legs, let it sit there for a little bit. And it's so much better than shaving. They also have like, um, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, soothing aloe and water lily body cream. Really anything you could think of to get rid of your hair in the most pleasant way, Nair has it. They have new shower and body creams that are so easy to apply and they work in as little as three minutes. And if you're going to shave more parts than just your legs, think about what you can do in three minutes with Nair. And the skin smooth feeling lasts so much longer than shaving. Like I just mentioned, you can use it not just on your legs, but on your arms, your underarms, even your bikini area. And we all know that was somewhere around the corner. That's a place you need it. Nair has turned the hair removal process into a sensorial experience. The scents are just amazing. And when I said that my bathroom smells like a spa, I really mean it. So check it out. The new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I brought that up because um, there are three things that now, like six months removed from watching your documentary, I have that stuck with me. One, it was the religion episode, which was like honestly fascinating, um, which you just kind of said you're still on that journey of kind of figuring out that. And two was the episode about you dating and getting out there and like just dating in like the gay community, which you felt is like so much different. And I don't know why I found myself like relating to you so much in that episode, because you were like, I am not like, I don't want to be in to parties. Like this is like way too extroverted for me. And I was thinking, I was like, Oh man, is this how like, like why does he have to date like this? Like where it's like all, just like a party. I don't know. And it made me nervous. It made me, yeah, a giant group date made me nervous for you. So how did you come about meeting your fiance? Were you able to navigate the the gay um, dating world in a way that was just like maybe a little bit calmer? 
Also, congratulations on your engagement. And yes, yeah, yeah, very yeah. much yeah. congratulations. So, that was what I was going to move into and say so we can process <laughs> now and totally turn the table and say congratulations to you on your engagement. But okay, so. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, gosh. We'll, we'll get like light, lighter now. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but please tell me how like dating initially went. Oh, geez. I was so intimidated because what I knew of the gay community, which was very little because I was so scared to even look in that direction because I didn't want to be called out or found out. Um, all I knew is that like, they really enjoy themselves in the gay community. They like to party and, you know, do amazing things. Uh, and I didn't really know how to get into it. And that was obviously just showing how awkward I was in that group setting and how uncomfortable I still was with dating. And I actually truly honestly didn't date until after the show wrapped like legitimately. And mm -hmm. when it did, I went on, I think I went on two or three different dates and I mean, they went okay. It wasn't anything great. Um, and with different dating, people, two or three different yeah, people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think after coming out, I dated five people before I met Jordan. Um, and a couple of them twice or three times, but it just was nothing like my connection was with Jordan when we first met. And we met through a mutual friend here in LA. So um, it was just one of those things that we hit it off and we went on, you know, there was a trip that a bunch of us went on together and the connection was there and it was just an awesome time. Okay. So when you did meet, was it like love at first sight? Was it like, boom, oh my God, like I'm feeling this or was it a slow grow or like a slower grow? It was obviously not slow. You guys got engaged after like six months. Yeah, no. Um, and once again, another amazing part that I can thank the Bachelor franchise for because I didn't like when I, I dated with so much intent now, which I think it was, that's why it's so easy for me to move through the first few people that I was dating. Cause I was like, okay, I asked the, I ask questions and I bring up topics that a lot of couples hold on to until they're like two, three, four months into dating. And that is because of just sort of what I went through the last two years. So um, we moved pretty quickly and I would say like, yes, I was looking, but I didn't know that I was looking for that right away. And when it happened, I just didn't want to hold back. There was no, there was no holding back for me. There was no playing it safe. I was going to be criticized one way or another, you know, by the public of coming out and getting engaged too soon or whether, you know, I came out and they saw me at clubs in WeHo. Like, I mean, I was going to get shamed or, or hate for either route that I decided to choose. And I chose my happiness and somebody who makes me extremely happy and somebody who I make extremely happy. And we have an amazing life together. He's so supportive. I can't say enough good things about him, but it was truly like this. I mean, it, it was so easy and so natural and so meant to be, and there was no holding back. The, uh, and, and I, I don't know if I have the timeline here, correct. Um, but when you are in the public spotlight, Dating can be difficult. And I remember on this podcast reading a headline that you were on a trip with somebody that was rumored to be your like boyfriend or partner or like, I don't even know if they called it that yet or like that you're interested in. So like now that you just told us the story of you went on a trip and then the sparks flew, like that had to be very early on in your relationship. Did it make it weird did it put a hard pressure on it or was it like let's just dive in and go like how was your reaction to these headlines that came out so quickly after you started you know dating oh gosh i i did not like it i mean yeah. i sort of i just wanted to protect our bubble and what mm -hmm. we what we were building and having together 
And like, I so vividly, I know what you mean. We were in Hawaii at the time and I know exactly who it was filming and taking the picture because it was a private-ish resort. Mm -hmm. Um, And when that got leaked, you know, I just, my heart sunk for a second. But then also I remembered like, look, you are the creator of your own happiness. Like, so, so the old Colton would have retaliated in the press or done something on my social media, but then like, it doesn't matter what the headlines say and what the public thinks. Like, I just wanted to be happy, but I do remember like, it was just, it was a little upsetting that it got out just because I would have rather handle it how I needed, how mentally and how we both agreed that we wanted to handle it. But once again, you can't like, as much as we wanted to try to hide, it was going to come out one way or another. Yeah. Well, tell us about the proposal. Who proposed? Uh, He proposed to me. And how did it go? um, Like, did you expect it? It went great. We did ended up doing necklaces. So we have our birthstones in our first um, initial and then they're inter- interlocked on our necklaces. And I did not expect we had a we obviously had a conversation um, prior to saying like, look, I think we're both ready or we didn't say I think we we're both ready. And I just said, like, look, I would love to be surprised just whenever you feel like that is. And he, after my 30th birthday, we went on a trip and it was an amazing surprise and an amazing weekend. Can you walk me through? I I'm ignorant to this, Colton. Um, like how like how did you know that he was going to propose to you? Like how like did that process go? Where you said I want to be surprised. I want to be the person getting asked. It was just a conversation that we had. Um, I mean, there there. I think that's what's also beautiful about being gay is there's really no rules and there's no um, like expectations of gender roles now like of like the man has to do this woman has to do this and Mm. so we just had the open and honest conversation and i was like i came from a past where i was always expected to get down on a knee and he um he and his past had um some things that both made our conversation lead to hey when you're when when you feel i'm giving you the trust and the power to say hey when you feel like the time is right you ask me and that was and he agreed and it's like that sounds great i appreciate that so it was just a healthy (laughs) conversation but what it, and it's what, an example of our communication. Like yeah, I was going to say it's an example that, of your communication amongst each other is um, is being able to talk through that those stuff, those big decisions in life. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing that really struck me with, with Jordan is the way that we communicate and the way that we um, we sort of nip problems in the bud. So like before it becomes a big issue in our relationship, we already just say, hey, no, that didn't make me feel great. or I didn't like that which is a little new to me um, as just far as having that direct conversation in a relationship where you don't have to guess what the other person's thinking. It's like, Hey, can you work on this? Can you work on that? And there's nothing, we'll never get to a point where we're trying to change one another, but it's, it's just such a healthy dynamic. And it's something that I just really appreciate and didn't know that I needed. Mm, I need to work on that myself. Jessica just uh, (laughs) said yesterday, she goes, it feels like you've been off the last couple of days. I'm like, I have, she's like, why don't you tell me? And I was like, I don't know. I just felt like it was easier to run away. Um, Yeah. I need to work on that. That's what Jared does too. (laughs) Um, Okay. Let's talk about the conversation that you guys have must've had about kids, because I know that that is something that you want is important to you. So where, where do you stand there with Jordan? Well, I had to do a lot of research into figuring out how the kids process worked now that I'm, that, that I'm out and happily in a gay relationship. Um, yeah. So are we thinking it, adoption? Are we thinking, you know, uh, surrogate? We're thinking surrogate. Yeah. So there's a lot of work that goes into that. I did not know all of the, all of the steps. And 
Um, I'm really, really excited about that, the process. And it's pretty um, scientifically unbelievable the amount of choices you get to make now when it <laughs> yeah. comes to building your embryos. Uh, so <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very, very exciting process and something that we're excited to start. And we have not started yet, but we've had the conversation to start it and figure out what that's going to look like timeline-wise. Cool. And your last two years are insane. I mean, really, like there's so much that's happened. And, I, you know, I don't know what your timeline is for kids, but ag kids in the, uh, you know, two and a half mm -hmm. year mark. And I don't know how you're ever going to speed back up to the the pace <laughs> that life has been running for you, because it's not only, you know, that you came out, that you had a Netflix documentary, um, that you processed a lot. And like, as you mentioned, internally and emotionally and had to work through a lot of things personally. But then you have a new show coming out on CBS. Uh, and it's one of the reasons that you're here with us today is to talk about this show. I believe it's called Beyond the Edge um, yep. on CBS. Uh, I guess my first question, the one I'm most intrigued by is how in the world did you find time to film anything right now with all these other things going on? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I went into filming for this, um, I would say a few months after my Netflix show wrapped um, just because I sort of said to my, my business team is like, I sort of just need something light and fun. And I want to like decompress a little bit because these last two years have been so heavy and for me. So I was like, can you, can you find something that maybe I can go work on and, and has a charity component? And this show came up called beyond the edge. And um, it was competition outdoors and for charity. And I said, sign me up, please. And it's no secret. I mean, I, I like being on TV. I like the entertainment industry. I love being involved in it. Um, so I wanted to, to, to stay in it. Um, and I will say this, like, it was a, it was a decision that I had to talk through not only with, with uh, my team, but my family too, just because I was still in such a raw and vulnerable place after filming that show. But I got, and I still am in therapy. I got the help that I needed and really stayed on track and on focus. And it's an integral part of my schedule now just to make sure that I can stay mentally as healthy as I can while balancing all of these things. Um, but the show is unbelievable. And I mean, we can get into that too, if we want, but as far as like the balance of, of life right now, just trying to find that rhythm and that routine of what works for me and what doesn't um, has, has really helped. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. 
And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about something we all can relate to. Hair removal. Yeah, not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Nicks, cuts, razor burns. Ugh. But guess what? Nair, the OG, has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. For real, Nair's new scents turned my bathroom into a spa. You guys, I remember when my mom gave me like the first bottle of Nair to use on my upper lip and I was like, this is so awful, but I, I do like need to do it. <laughs> um, but the smell so close to my nose for so long, it, ugh, no, ugh, the worst part of like the every other week or whatever I would do it. Now it smells incredible. Like there's Moroccan argan oil and orange blossom shower cream that you can use. It's like a pampering experience. You put it on your legs, let it sit there for a little bit. And it's so much better than shaving. They also have like, um, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, soothing aloe and water lily body cream. Really anything you could think of to get rid of your hair in the most pleasant way, Nair has it. They have new shower and body creams that are so easy to apply and they work in as little as three minutes. And if you're going to shave more parts than just your legs, think about what you can do in three minutes with Nair. And the skin smooth feeling lasts so much longer than shaving. Like I just mentioned, you can use it not just on your legs, but on your arms, your underarms, even your bikini area. And we all know that was somewhere around the corner. That's a place you need it. Nair has turned the hair removal process into a sensorial experience. The scents are just amazing. And when I say that my bathroom smells like a spa, I really mean it. So check it out. The new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. 
You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I said earlier that there was three things that stood out to me about the documentary, Six Months Removed, and now I realize there's four. Can I talk about the last two? Yes, go for it. So I know we need to talk more about the CBS show, but I do feel like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm hung up on your last, and then we can go to the future. Um, yep. Okay, so your relationship with your dad, he headlines came out then that he did not appreciate you coming out to him on camera. First off... What did he think that the documentary was about? Like, how did you hide this for so long? And secondly, I just want to say that it was pretty awesome to see how your relationship evolved throughout those six episodes. He became very supportive, and I'm assuming that he's very supportive of Jordan and you now. But first, let's go back to how did he get over you coming out to him on film? Yeah, well, I think to understand that, I'll back up a little bit, too, because the documentary... I didn't like completely seek out Um, what ended up happening was I was already working with this production company uh, on another show that involved a completely different group of people prior to me going through sort of my spiral. And once that happened, I dropped, like Ben said, I changed my number, moved back to Colorado, dropped off the face of the earth and handled my, you know, what I was going through mentally private, very privately. Um, and they had enough information from working with me in the past to realize, you know, at that time I was being blackmailed at that time, there was a, you know, a handful of people running around LA saying I was gay. So they sort of figured out the pieces and they, when they reapproached me, they would just say, Hey, you know, we would love to take this on. If you ever feel like you ha- you want to come out, like, let us know. And like sort of wink, wink, like, we'll be here for you is the production companies ran by two gay men. And I trusted them. Um, And after conversations of how we were going to handle this, I felt comfortable enough to put my family in that position because it is a very uncomfortable position to be put in. um, And that goes for everybody who was on the show. So to answer your question directly now, I just told my dad it was a pickup off of where life after The Bachelor. I mean, basically the show that changed my life and I obviously went through a lot that a lot of people didn't understand. There was a lot of headlines out there that were false. There was headlines out there that were true. There was just so much out there about me that this was sort of, you know, my opportunity to just say, hey, here's who I am. This is what's been going on um, inside of me. So he just thought it was sort of a like a talk through things and life after series or recap regroup. Um, He didn't know much about the series, but that just shows you how supportive my parents were from the very beginning. So then how did he feel when you actually had that conversation with him on camera? Uh, Well, it wasn't shown, but he actually, I think 
he, he needed a sec. So he, the cameras went down um, and just regrouped and then came back, you know, they came back on and we had the conversation. Um, that was one thing that I really appreciated since working with a couple different production companies now is they've really allowed to put the human element first where it's like, Hey, instead of what you think might make great TV, like give my dad a second, like he needs time to process this. And then once it comes back, you know, and it wasn't very long he, and there wasn't a conversation that really took place like in that dead time. But, um, you know, I, I get what, I get where he's coming from, where he's like, it would have been nice for him to just come out to me privately. But we also, I think in that same article, he was like, we also understand that like, this is a life he chose. Like he, he loves the TV industry and being on it. So that that's mm-hmm. sort of, we knew, we knew what we were signing up for. Mm-hmm. And then how's his relationship with Jordan? It's good. Um, it really is. And I was very, very nervous, but I think what really made me feel the most comfortable is Jordan came to meet my family very quickly. Um, and they treated him. I, I, and once again, I don't know if this is uh, okay to say, but they treated him like they would if I brought a girl home, mm-hmm. you know, like there was no, there was no difference. There was no uh, tr- making him feel awkward or not asking questions. Like they asked him the same questions that they would have asked if I brought a girl home. I just thought that was the most amazing part of, of all of it. Yeah, because as much yeah. as you're learning, and you mentioned earlier, you were learning a lot at this time, they were learning as well. And trying to figure out, you know, okay, how do we best support Colton? How do we best support Jordan? How do we best support their relationship? And so the fact that they chose that even is says uh, so much about them, that they chose to go on that path and say, okay, we're not going to do this perfectly. We might need to take a second. We might need to just like, you know, reality for us has changed a bit, but let's take a second, come back. And that that does speak a lot to who they are. First off, it's very sweet to see what your face looks like when you talk about Jordan. It definitely lights up. It's very cute. Uh, and then the other standout was that you talk about Cassie reaching out to you and how she hadn't reached out to you. And like your dad was like, I think she's going to reach out to you today. My lingering question was, if that was like a topic of conversation, did you, why didn't you reach out to her? For what? In in the documentary, in the documentary, when you came out, when you came out, you were like, you came out without telling her that you were getting first. So why didn't you tell her before you made it public? Because we weren't in a position of speaking to each other. Okay. Yeah. So just legal, legal wise, we couldn't, it couldn't be done. Okay. I thought, I thought that might be why, but I just wanted to get it clarified. I can say this because I think it's out there. There was, um, we offered her to come on like the, the show to like sit down and have a conversation, whatever that looked like, what, however she wanted to handle that too. Um, but it, it just wasn't, it just, I don't think it was in the cards and I, I think she's moved on and happy in her life. And yeah. you know, I'm obviously in a great place now. So. Okay. I just wanted to get that clarified. Yeah. As, like yeah. there was probably like a legal thing. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, given, given that framework uh, to Colton for where your lives are at, I just, I have a feeling tomorrow night will not be easy on either of you. Um, that, you know, it's, it's national television and I just watched the finale of this season and that's going to be, you know, the, the crazy enough. And, um, it will, uh, just be a, an interesting night where I'm sure there's going to be a lot of processing. Are you going to watch it? Um, are you going to tune in? Uh, how are you going to handle knowing that your name is definitely going to be out there come, you know, Wednesday morning? Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, my text with the with the producer said it was she was going to be speaking on a panel and that she doesn't foresee my name being brought up. So, oh, 
I mean, I've heard that before and it took a completely different shift. Um, so, uh, mentally though, I'm in a much better place. This is a very similar situation to right before my, my spiral. Yeah. Um, you know, where I reached out to the producer and sort of begged him not to like contribute to my, my mental downfall, but you know, I'm, I'm in a really healthy spot now. I have a, you know, the love of my life to support me. I have my family to support me. I have a great group of friends and, you know, I'm, I'm, not going to watch, but I'm also like, you know, excited if, if that, you know, if, if that's what she needs to do, whatever that yeah. looks like, then so be it. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I also, I think I'm, I was thinking about this. I misspoke earlier. The producers have texted me in the last three years. In fact, a couple of them came to my wedding. So I know I was texting with them then. So this is maybe not about the show. And then I went on yeah. the Matt season, which was probably Here's two, how the headlines start. Yeah, right? I know. Which was probably two years ago. I went on Matt's show. I'm saying when my name gets brought up or when there's like clippets of stuff, yeah. uh, I don't get the heads up. Like, But I mean, granted, not too many people from my season are still coming on the show. So I don't know why. Well, uh, like, like, for example, I got, you know, I was the worst kisser, I guess, in paradise. I didn't get the heads up for that episode coming out. But yeah, that, now it makes sense to people why I wasn't a great kisser. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, that's that's actually that's good for you. Um, all right, so back to CBS. Um, what can fans yeah. look forward to? Uh, they're going to watch you again as we close up here. What can they look forward to with this show, with watching you on television? Who else is involved? Give us the best sales pitch for why people should tune in to Beyond the Edge. Well, on the show, uh, it's Ray Lewis, Meta World Peace, Jody Sweeten, Ebony Williams, Paulina Poroskova. Um, Lauren Elena and Craig Morgan. Oh, I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, Mike Singletary as well. Um, and it's a show about putting our differences aside and coming together and working together to raise money for our respective charities. And, uh, while there's competitions every single day and money up for grabs, we are there, um, on our own. We are there, um, for as long as we feel like in our hearts, we need to be there both mentally and physically. So there's no elimination process other than ringing the bell. And when you ring the bell, you're done, you pack up and you leave. So you come and really just push yourself, you push your, your body, you push your, yourself mentally. And it's just interesting to see how different people from different walks of life can come together and support one another. And I think that is so needed right now in our society. So it was honestly one of the best decisions i've made to go onto that show and something that i truly needed in that moment so when can fans tune in fans can tune in on wednesday nights i think it follows survivor on wednesday nights and then i've been in four different time zones now this week so i don't know exactly what what time zone you know pacific time or standard time whatever it comes on but it's right after survivor i think okay okay it's probably at 10 eastern then i'm assuming so what was one thing that truly drove you beyond the edge? Just to give a little teaser. Oh, I'm very particular in the way that I sleep. I need air conditioning. I need white noise. I need how did you do paradise? A bed. Uh, I very badly, if you remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're literally sleeping on bamboo in the rain. Like it, it was, and it's all, I mean, we had cameras everywhere. So you're going to see it and, it was brutal, mentally draining and exhausting. I put 10 pounds on before I left for the show just because like I knew I wasn't going to be eating a whole lot. Um, so it was like the opposite of paradise where I gained 10 pounds on accident. I you know, <laughs> put it on to go out to the jungle to try to embrace it. But it was it was wild. Um, I would say I was really intimidated by a lot of the puzzle challenges. And, you know, I think I was proud. I think I left the most proud of how I performed in those. Okay. 
All right. Well, Colton, thank you for being here. Yeah. Uh, it's it was we got a lot of answers, um, a lot of questions answered today. Yeah. And we're yeah. very happy for you. Congratulations. Well, and thank you guys for your support. And Ben, also sorry for the obviously the misunderstanding, the lies, whatever it, it shook out to be in the press. I just um, I I'll make sure you have my new number too, so we can <laughs> yeah. that way we can text each other instead That's of right. having to speak in the media. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, uh, you know, that wasn't, you know, I, I appreciate that a lot that you, you say you're sorry, but that, you know, this, this wasn't about me. Um, I was like a small piece that felt like I was like, woke up one morning, I was like, what the heck is happening? Why <laughs> am I now um, thrown into to this? And, uh, I, you know, so I appreciate that, that you, that you apologize. I appreciate you coming on here and, and, and being big enough to, to even confront it. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's water under the bridge. Now I'm glad we could talk it through and I'm, I'm glad we're on uh, the same page. Cause I know just as well as you do how messy this can get when you are talking, um, through media and when you are mm-hmm. talking through things like this. So I'm glad you come on. Um, Hey, I think it's important, Colton, if you don't mind, uh, as we close out here, the last and final thing, uh, word, would be uh, just anybody listening um, who is struggling. Um, and, and I maybe even want to expand it because I think you probably have a lot of insight now um, into many different aspects of life. Uh, maybe it is uh, your sexuality. Maybe it is uh, career changes. Maybe it is just feeling lonely and isolated due to uh, not being accepted at school for whatever reason. Uh, what message have you learned that you would share to any listener out there who you could probably relate with with your story of the last two years? I think it would go in hand with what you were saying out at the top of this is like, you wanted to make me feel like I wasn't alone. And I felt really alone, um, despite people going out of their way to try to make me not feel alone. So I think sharing the message that trust people, um, give people in your, in your family and in your circle a chance um, to try to lean on them. And you aren't alone in all of this. And then also, there's no shame in asking for help. When you're at your lowest, when you're at your weakness, when you feel like giving up, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to seek help. And um, it doesn't make you weak and it doesn't make you any lesser than another human being just because you can't handle that moment of life that you're in. And no matter how dark it gets, there's always, you know, there's always the next day, the next hour and the next moment. Colton Underwood, thanks for coming on this episode of the Almost Famous Podcast. Um, Again, uh, tune in to CBS after Survivor for Beyond the Edge. You can see Colton there. Also, tune into the finale of The Bachelor because even if you haven't watched all season, this is by far the wildest finale I've ever seen. I don't have a lot of words to wrap around it because whatever I say is going to be taken wrong and you know manipulated to be something it's not. But I just will say wow and holy cow and... I haven't seen it and I can't wait. Your teasers are amazing. Yeah. So um, tune into that. But again, Colton, thanks for joining us uh, with that. This has been an episode of the Almost Famous Podcast, an uh, in-depth episode with Colton Underwood. I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. And I've been Colton. Perfect, job, man. You, you're good at this. I remember from the last thing. time. There you yes. go, Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. 
with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.